0: Coaches, what is up? Welcome to Keep Your Pads Down, the best part about your Tuesday. And we are back after taking a week off, feeling refreshed, <sighs> ready to go, and excited to dive into this episode, episode number 132 of the podcast. Yeah, so last week was crazy. We had um, area track meet going on, a football parent meeting. Uh, our staff worked to combine across town. Uh, that was a that was a lot of fun, but just really, you know, just a lot of a lot of stuff going on in addition to the normal uh, activities going on this time of year with with you know spring ball at school, uh, kids activities and so on. I know I'm making a ton of excuses. I get it, so I appreciate you guys hanging with us. So we are back and ready to go today. We are talking linebacker play with Coach Nima Babahani, who's the assistant linebacker coach at Louisiana Tech University. But before we get to our conversation with Coach today, first. I got to tell you about our two sponsors who we have partnered with for season three of KYPD, with the first being our guys at Our Coaching Network. So guys, you are no doubt doing things this spring to better yourself as a coach. Uh, Maybe you're reading some books, visiting with other coaching staffs, attending clinics, or maybe even listening to podcasts like this one. Well, those are all great, but you should also do what I do and head over to Our Coaching Network, create an account and have access to quality live clinics going off every week all of which are added to a library that can be accessed at any time. This week on our coaching network, last night, actually, Monday night, they, they had a D-line clinic led by Florida A&M defensive line coach, Milton Patterson, that is available to members for free, along with the hundreds of hours of clinics available at your fingertips, included in your subscription. And then tonight, there's a clinic on O-line play. Wednesday night, there's one on wide receiver play. And then on Thursday, uh, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, baby, there's a clinic on running back play. So a lot going on on the network this week. So get over there today, create your account now. Subscriptions are super affordable. I mean, really, uh, you can even sign up for a free week and you can cancel at any time. So how cool is that? Start connecting with and learning from coaches all across the country today. With our coaching network. Next up, coaches, are you looking for a way to promote your athletes and athletic programs with professional looking graphics? Well, then our friends at At GoEdit Graphics have got you covered. GoEdit Graphics allows any coach to create custom graphics from their library of templates in a matter of minutes by changing the color, text, and images to make it your own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and communication, to name a few. The platform is easy, it's affordable, and no design skills are needed. GoEdit Graphics is a great way to showcase all of your sports and athletes, and subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics. Also, if you check out our Twitter feed today and see the graphic that we posted with this episode link with Coach Hani, uh, that whole graphic was created by me in just a few minutes with GoEdit. Uh, it was really simple. I picked the template and the pictures that I wanted to use, changed the colors and the text to what I wanted the graphic to say, and in just a few minutes, bam, I'm done. So the process is super easy and user-friendly. And like always, mention keep your pads down when you're ordering and receive $25 off your showcase yearly package. Highlight your athletes with custom-made graphics in less than two minutes with GoEdit Graphics. All right, so now let's get to why you tuned in today. As I already mentioned, we're talking today with Louisiana Tech assistant linebacker coach Nima Bebahani, who is currently in his first year at Tech after arriving on campus earlier this winter. Uh, Prior to coming to Ruston, Coach Bebahani was at Texas A&M Commerce, where he served as an assistant safeties coach for his alma mater. Uh, Coach Bebahani is from Plano, Texas and attended Plano Senior High before moving on to A&M Commerce to play linebacker for the Lions, where he was an all-conference selection and a member of the 2017 National Championship team, a team, interestingly enough, that beat my alma mater in the National Semifinals that year. But hey, I'm not bitter. Anyway, after Coach Babahani wrapped up his playing career at Commerce, he GA'd for the Lions before moving into a full-time role as an assistant safeties coach. Coach Babahani and I actually met when he was at Commerce and recruiting our school and Uh, have stayed in touch since, and I'm really excited to have him joining us today. Today, Coach Babahani and I are talking linebacker play, including the Bulldogs' linebacker coaching progression, drill progression, including the Bulldogs' run-fit drill, uh, coaching up man coverage, and a whole lot more. So a ton of stuff to get to today with Coach, so let's jump on it. Here is Coach Nima Babahani on episode number 132 of KYPD. Coach Babahani, thanks so much for joining us today, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, Coach, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. So you know, we we've run run into each other a couple times while you were out on the recruiting trail, and got to kind of know each other that way. And so, uh, and now you're you're coaching just down the road in Louisiana Tech, uh, not too far from here, over there in Ruston. Uh, and and from the sound of it, it, sounds like you're really enjoying yourself there. You just wrapped up spring ball. You've been there since. Uh, late January, uh, what have the last few months been like for you?
1: You know, it's it's been hectic, but it's also been amazing at the same time. You know, from first time uh, living outside of Texas for myself, so that was a big deal. Uh, so you know, got a U-Haul, moved to Ruston, and and then uh, we jumped right into a spring ball, and we actually just wrapped up this past Saturday. So these past few months have been uh, have been great. You know, a, lot, a lot of learning involved. It's it's definitely been a um, you know fun fun transition from from Commerce to to Louisiana Tech.
0: Yeah, and that's from you know and just and we'll talk about kind of your coaching career up to this point here in a second. But to go from A&M commerce, A and M Commerce, a program that uh, is not too far removed from a national championship, now to Louisiana Tech, those are two really solid programs uh, that you've been blessed to be a part of already. But let's go back to kind of your background. You talked about you're a Texas guy. Uh, grew up in Plano, uh, Plano East High School. Is that right? I don't want to get that wrong. Pl- the, the best High. to do.
1: The best to do at Plano Senior High. Right? Okay.
0: See, I knew. I knew I was going to screw it up. I couldn't remember. I went to Plano <laughs> East. Plano Plano Senior High, how many state championships? Se- seven, I believe. Okay, seven. all right. So Plano High School, how were you introduced to the game of football? You know, growing up like you – as a kid in Plano, I'm sure that's just kind of like a, a given that you're going to play football. But how were you introduced to, to football in the first place?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, that was uh, solely because of my brother. I have an older brother. Uh, his name is Amin. Uh, he's six and a half years older than me. And so, really, he, he was the one that tested out football. For, for the both of us. And when I got to second grade is when I actually joined a team, but I found myself as a kid, you know, uh, playing in the backyard, my brother and his friends. And so that's kind of how I got introduced to the game. And, you know, I quickly fell in love and that's, you know, that's all I did, uh, you know, recess, you know, playing with my brother on the weekends. That's 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 all we ever did growing
0: up. So you played at Plano Senior High. Um, talk about that and what that was like. Again, you talk about playing at a really storied uh, program in the state of Texas uh, and just what that was like with those rivalries uh, with Plano East, Plano West, um, and the other, I mean, again, just the football in the Metroplex uh, is, is it's, it's really unmatched. I mean, it's, just, uh, uh, it's there's just so many good teams and so many good players and coaches that uh, that had to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no, it was. And, and that whole experience was was uh, incredible for me. You know, I actually I was supposed to go to Plano West Senior High. That's where my brother went to high school. Um, but I transferred my sophomore year to a to a Plano Senior Feeder School. And uh, so, you know, I had, I had I grew up with a bunch of my close friends that went to both Plano and Plano West. Um, but those rivalries were there was something else. You know, those Friday nights were something else. Uh, and but the whole experience, though, to play for Coach McCullough, J. Don McCullough and his staff, um, you know, I was blessed to be um, a part of that. Um, and, and, you know, we I got, we got uh, Clint Stewart, who was my defensive coordinator, linebacker's coach. I was very close with him. Chris Fisher, our safeties coach, Kevin Mayer, DM's coach, Carson Meager, quarterback's coach. These, all these coaches uh, had a big impact on my career at Plano. Um, and you know I still take, stay in touch with them to this day. But you know something I learned though uh, going through Plano is you know it's it's all about the rich tradition and and just having that work ethic. And so that's where I really learned how to how to work. Uh, you know our summer conditioning program was was hard, but you know it definitely uh, toughened us up and, and, and instilled that work ethic within our program. Um, and so there was a lot of learning there. Uh, especially, you know, going there from my sophomore and senior year.
0: So then was coaching something you always knew you wanted to do or is that, did that come later on?
1: Yeah. So that actually uh, came later on. Uh, I I, I went to A&M Commerce uh, after graduating from Plano Senior and I thought I wanted to be a dentist. I got into, I was a biology degree and I, uh, Biology major, and I and I pursued a biology degree, and I I thought I wanted to graduate and, and pursue that field, but it, it I would say about my junior year of of college is when I realized that I have a, a different level of passion for coaching. You know, when I wasn't playing or getting reps or anything, I was trying to help out my teammates, and that's when I really realized that you know that there might be something here, um, and so. I've always been like a student of the game. I've always enjoyed watching film and just you know studying opponents um, and then so I think that really helped out uh, with the with the decision as well
0: so you you start out coaching there uh, at your alma mater there at a m commerce. Um, what was that like kind of breaking in there in a school where, where um, you have some familiarity and then to go from Uh, you know, to, to to get a full-time position there. And then you're out on the road recruiting for that school. Uh, Just talk about what that process was like.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I finished playing in 2019. uh, Coach Bailiff and his staff came in after coach Carthel uh, and coach Bailiff. I played for him my senior year in 2019. And, and I was blessed enough uh, that he, he hired me on uh, January, 2020 as a graduate assistant and um you know you don't he 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 would tell me you don't see a lot of uh, former players come back in GA for the school just cuz of uh keeping it professional uh, and 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 definitely uh, I was blessed and just eager to get into the game and I I was happy that he gave me my first job um uh, but the the process of it uh, was uh, you know it it started out in tw- you know shortly after it was covid so my first my first glimpse of of coaching we were at home actually uh you know until june june first and so um and we opted out in that twenty twenty season but you know i i think personally for me the that first year of not being um in spring ball or having you know games it it really slowed down, and I was able to focus on other areas of of the coaching element, you know, we're having a lot of zoom meetings where you know, I would, I would have to uh, help out with, with kind of teaching where you're, you're not, you're now trying to get creative and trying to get uh, players you just played with the past year. and Now you're trying to teach them through, through a camera. Um, and so, you know, there's different elements to it, but the whole process as a whole has been, has been amazing. Uh, and, you know, there, there was a, a lot of players that i played with at commerce that i'm i'm very fortunate to still be close with and to to be able to kind of coach them and be there on the other side was was amazing for me um and i, I learned a lot
0: yeah that um the the covid that whole time was was really was strange for all of us coaches you know right. for for us here at, we um we actually did workouts via zoom so uh we had we had three different groups, and every day at 930, we we actually had our kids come through. We, we pulled all the weights out of the weight room. They came through, and they checked out weights, like you would check out books at the library. And sent them home with barbells and just kind of whatever we had. And so they would set up in some of their garages, and their apartments or backyards, whatever. And um, every morning, that was really the only thing that I had to do that day, you know, every day for about, about three months was, I had to get on at 9.30 and do a workout. After that, it was, yeah, a lot of stuff like, how are we, how are we going to, you know, do install and how, how are we going to, how are, at one point, then you know, if we we're going to have a season, but it was kind of like what you talked about, a really unique time where you could really kind of slow down and learn a lot and kind of hone your skills as a coach. So I could see where that actually could work it to your advantage as a young coach, especially because you do get that time to watch a lot of film and, uh, sort of sharpen your sword when it comes to coaching before you are standing in front of a bunch of guys especially that you used to play with.
1: Right. That's yeah. that's exactly right. You know, that 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 covid time, that was that was a unique time for sure. You know, it was different. You know, I think for all of us it, it caused uh, a lot of coaches to get creative um and and just it, it it was we were forced out of our comfort zone and I think that that just for for me personally, I think that allowed me to grow in other areas of,
0: of the profession. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, we're going to talk, we're going to talk linebacker play today, uh, which is awesome because um, now that I am coaching linebackers, uh, that's something that, that I'm always looking to, uh, to, to learn more about. I'm kind of like a, a brand new coach when it comes to that kind of thing. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's um it's been fun, but I'm um, always enjoy talking about it. We don't get to talk about it a whole lot on this podcast, but um, anyway, uh, you guys just, as we already talked about, you already, you just wrapped up your your spring ball with your guys. Um, so let's just talk about this first. Walk us through sort of your install progression for your linebackers. Like what's your, you know, when you're installing things and kind of the schedule and progression that you do that with your guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I think when it comes to teaching and and the install progression, I think it's important. I think there's many ways to do it. In, in terms of how, how, to, how it gets done. But I think it's the most important thing is to keep it consistent for the players. Um, I, I think, you know, as a coach, you learn, you know, you, in a position room, you'll have different learning styles. And so to have a, have a consistent teaching progression, you're able to reach all those different type of styles. And, uh, you know, nowadays, I think it's it's also important to tell the players why. You know, why are we doing this? Why is this drill beneficial? You know why are we aligned here? You know why why are eyes here? So there's, you know, I think those those are key elements to it. But I think in terms of the teaching, you know, it starts in the install meeting. So we'll we'll usually hit, we'll the first thing the linebackers are going to do when they when it comes to an install, they're going to be writing it on paper. This is where they're writing it down for the first time. They're taking notes. You know, it's they they come to our meeting prepared. They know that you got to bring a pen and paper, um, and and so they're writing down and you're telling them the, the install and you're also telling them the key coaching points of what to write down, you know, and then once that gets done, then you can show them a cut up or a drill. So now they're getting a clear visual of what they just learned or wrote down, you know, and then from the install meeting, we'll transition into the practice field and we'll, we'll start with a walkthrough or a pre-practice where this is, you know, slower paced. So, you know, we're allowing the, the our players to, to take what they just learn on in the classroom onto the field. And with it being slower paced, we're allowing them to gain some confidence um, and just so they could process and and take what they just learned. And then from there, once practice gets started, we'll, we'll transition into an indie where we can get creative with our drills and we can have some drills that are specific to that install uh, or to that technique. And then from there you like to see it in team and group work. You know, this is where things are happening faster paced. Uh, you know, you'll see it in seven on seven, half line, um, inside run, and then eleven on eleven. But you know, the the most important thing though, I think is to, to tell the guys it's important to know that it's it's okay to make mistakes. You know, the key thing is to fly around, have fun, and and if we make mistakes then we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we'll make corrections. And this is where we'll then transition into the film room. And so post-practice it's, I think it's important to, when we're talking about practice, I think it's important to uh, critique practice like it's a game and keeping the same consistent terminology or coaching points you may have. I think it's important to to have that for post-practice. So just so you're keeping everything the same for the players and they're hearing the same words, same buzzwords, um, in the same grading. Um, and then in terms of the install progression, you know, one thing I like to use for an acronym, you know, it's, it's commonly used, but it's been effective for me personally. It's a uh, Casker F. It's C-A-S-K-R-F. And that stands for call alignment stance, key responsibility and finish. And so I'll get into what all that means, but, you know, I think this acronym is, is a is uh, good because it, it gives the players a, a plan to be successful every single play. And also you're, you're uh, allowing the players to start having a, a process and plan whenever they're getting ready to to get ready for the play. Um, and so we'll you know, start with the call. You know, it's something we talk about, you know, if that's first step, you know, we got, as a linebacker, we got to communicate defensive call, the checks, the adjustments and the motions. Um, and, I like to coach with the edge of, hey, it's on us. You know, linebackers. You know, we run the defense. We're the quarterback of the defense. Everybody relies us. Everything goes through us. And and you know, with with the call, we also got to be confident in everything we do, especially in our in in our communication. You know, and then from there, we'll talk about our alignment. And I think that's just that's dictated that varies. You know, that's dictated by your defensive call, the offense formation, and then the situation of the game. You know, as you're teaching the linebackers how to watch film, you know, as a, as a coach, I think, I think it's important to teach them how to watch film. And uh, as a game unfolds, we want to be situational masters. Uh, but in terms of our alignment, you know, we want to, we want to be exact. You know, we we want to have perfect alignment because that helps execution. And, you know, as a defensive coach yourself, well, how, how fast up-tempo some of these offense are getting these days, you know the most important thing is just to be ready at the snap. You know what I I don't like watching the film and and seeing players with their hands up or them not in their stance at the snap, and I think that that just causes uh, chaos and it just decreases your chances of doing your job.
0: That's that's right. We we're, we we're, were going through mm-hmm. our our stuff today, and there's a big difference in watching those those older kids get lined up and get set as opposed as opposed to the younger kids who are standing around and. They can't do those first two things. They can't get the call. Mm-hmm. Their alignment is just kind of wherever their feet land at that moment. Right. You know, it's kind of like when you take them in the weight room and they just grab the bar wherever their hands first hit it, yeah. you know, instead of um, those older kids know exactly where to put it and they, their hands are there at the same spot every time. And so it, it's, it seems kind of like, well, duh, I mean, of course, but that's those, those, key, those two things are key. And when, when mm-hmm. you can't get those right, it's, you know, it's nothing else is going to go right for you, so uh, just real quick, what is y'all's base alignment with your linebackers? Are they like are they indifferent, like 30, 40? Are they stacked? Yeah, so hip, or?
1: yeah, so we run a 425, and it's really dictated on the call. Um, and so we don't really, t- you know, we can say 30, 40, it just depends on what the call is. Um, but uh, our toes will be at five yards in terms of our alignment, and then. You know, it, it, it all depends on the the receiver surface. If we're in one high, two high, depending depending on which way we're rolling. So I, I think that question, there's more layers to that. Um, but, you know, I I do think uh, however way the alignment is set, I, it needs to be exact, you know, and and, and consistent. Um, and so I think one good thing would be is uh, teaching them who they relate off of each play. You know, and so if we got a too high defense, our will linebacker will relate to two weak. You know, where's your two week? We gotta that's our first job. We'll find your two week. Is he a number two receiver displaced? Is he in the backfield? Is he in a C area? So th- those are the things that whenever you install, you can really break down uh your the alignment and the rules and who to relate off of. That's a good question though. Um and then uh you know, from there, we'll, we'll talk about our stance and this is something that you'll, you'll need to definitely emphasize day one. You know? And, you know, when we talk about a good linebacker, what's a good linebacker stance? You know, I, I like to have my feet shoulder width apart, the weight of, the weight of our uh, body on the or balls of our feet. And we'll have a good knee bend and we'll have our chest up with our, with our flat, with the uh, flat, black, uh, flat back. And, um, we wanna make sure our hands are hanging on our thigh board lightly or placed on our thigh board lightly. And so uh the, the most important thing with our stance, we gotta be comfortable in however way there's not just one way to be in your stance. I, I think it's important just to tell your players to be comfortable. Um and that kind of goes and that kind of marries with the alignment deal where you know you also wanna be ready at the snap in our in our stance. And then we'll transition into the K. For, for key, and this is all about your eye discipline and control. Uh, you know, eye discipline starts with knowing where to put your eyes every single play. And I think that is dictated also by the defensive call, your alignment, and your responsibility. You know, and then when I say eye control, this is something that is also trained. Uh, and, and so as the ball is snapped or the, as the play progresses, we want to make sure our eyes are trained through the whistle. You know, a lot of times, Coach, you'll see uh, players with their eyes in the right spot, but then, you know, the play ball snaps and now their eyes are not where they need to be. You know, they they started off good, but their eyes weren't controlled through the whistle. Um, And then from there, we'll go into our uh, responsibility. And, you know, for every install we have, we have a run and pass responsibility. Okay, so what I mean by that is, if I'm playing cover two, I'm the Mike linebacker. If it's pass, I'm the middle middle field runner. I'm, I'm playing in between the hashes. Uh, I'm playing middle field safety, but it, on, on run, I might be an overlapper. You know, and and so it it's I think in, in terms of your install, you want to really define the run and pass responsibility, and it starts with having a, a good run and pass read. And then, you know, this is as easy as just execute your job and doing your 111 and trusting your teammates that they're going to do their job. And then the last element uh, to this acronym is F for finish. And uh, this is where you you talk about pursuit, block destruction, tackling, and create takeaways. Um, And I think this is something that's preached every day. Uh, it's, It's easy to talk about it early on as a coach in early meetings, but are you emphasizing it? week two, week three, week four, you know, I think that's important to to keep uh, a focal point on that. And there's different ways to do it. Um, but I, I, the biggest thing as a linebacker, and just uh, honestly, and defense players in general, this is a train. It's a mindset. It's a train habit. You know, we're running to the football. And, and like I said, you want to emphasize it day in, day out. There's drills you could do uh, to, to uh, emphasize all these. But you know, when I say finish, that's what the players are thinking. Pursuit, block destruction, tackling, and great takeaways. So that's how I, that's how we do it, right there, coach.
0: I, I love the the use of uh, of acronyms and, um, and I've said this before on this podcast, guys who listen uh, a lot, things that rhyme and just because there's so much information thrown at them, you know. Yes. And so much, so many things that are you're, you're you're spitting at them, you're peppering them with like, hey, check this, check this, don't forget this, remember your steps in this, da, da, da. and if you can put it in a way where it's like, hey, uh, you know, like for us, it'd be ASCA, you know, alignment, stance, keys, alignment, yeah. whatever, um, whatever your acronym is, you can use right. that and just kind of say that, and then it also keeps you on track. For us as coaches, like when you get in a season or you need to figure out, like, all right, what do we need work on? You know, um, it's kind of like I go to my catalog and I can look at one of those things and go, okay, we're we're kind of have some holes in our reading our keys. So let's go back and see the drills that go. You know, it's real easy to find the fixes. When you don't have that, you're just kind of like, um, it's like if you ever try to work on a car and you lift the hood up and you have no idea what you're looking at. Well, you don't know. But if you know exactly what you're looking at, it's real easy and you can just, right. you know, in a matter of minutes diagnose the issue. And I think that's the same thing with that. And that's why it's so important to put things in such a manner like that, like an acronym or things oh, no. that rhyme. So what are some some drills that you like to use specifically to, to address all of those skills? And, and do you have a drill progression? You know, if maybe you start yeah. really basic and you build in each one. How does that go?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think in terms of the progression, uh, I think early on, spring is, especially in the spring, you got a lot of any time, you know, this is where you could really focus on your fundamentals and your technique. Um, but in terms of progression, you know, I like to start with some, some sort of stance start um, and just, just to start the guys off with good habits for the day. And the emphasis of this is to eliminate false steps. Uh, make sure we're, we're coming that out. Um, and you can easily do this by get, being one-on-one, you know, coach, you could be my partner. You've seen across from me and, and I, I'm mirroring you um, and it's simple as you're zoning either way or your past setting. And I'm, and what we're looking for as a linebacker, you are looking for a positive six in step in whatever way your key is, is, is uh, going. Um, and, and one, one good rule, I think is if you don't know, don't go. And a lot of times you'll see guys, this auto pass drop, or a, a, a lot of, a lot of, Hey, automatic, Hey, let me take one step forward, no matter what. But if you don't know, just don't go. Um, and then, from there, I like to progress in some court, uh, some sort of a footwork change of direction, and this is where you know I think early on it's also good to not don't include a football, you know, uh, and just really break down the drill. Uh, and
0: there's a lot of
1: uh, a lot of drills you could do for change of direction, uh, looking for efficient breaks, um, and and how quickly can we get out of our breaks, right? How quickly can we get from point A to point B? You know, there's one there's one drill that uh, I got from uh, coach uh, a coach at DB. He's a analyst at Virginia tech right now. He was a defense coordinator at commerce the last three years. Um, but he he calls it the shuffle two hits drill. And basically as this is the first change of direction we would do as linebackers and uh, you'll basically get two lines. Uh, guys will be on the sideline and, and they'll be facing each other. And so uh, as the coach, you're a, uh, you're on the bottom of numbers and you give them two, you give them two hits. You can give them two hits. The first hit they're going to be shuffling out towards the numbers. And they're just trying to stay on that line. And then if you don't give them a second hit, then they got to shuffle to me where I'm at, which is the bottom of numbers, plant their foot in the ground, and then work back through the white line, through the sideline. Or if I give them a second hit, as soon as they hear that second uh, command, they're, they're redirecting, they're playing their foot and they're sticking their foot in the ground and and finishing back through the sideline. And so it, uh, what you're looking for as a coach, you know, you're looking for a good striking position, looking for quick, quick and tight feet. um, And we're not looking for elongated shuffles or feet clicking. And so we're kind of, we're forcing them to be a little uncomfortable. They don't know what I'm going to say the second hit. So they're kind of, they're, they're having to listen. And as soon as, you know they hear that second command they're having to plant their foot and and it also causes them to keep their their uh feet in their framework you know because if we ever get too wide right you know where we ever get too wide that's where we'll start to slip you know usually when you see that or we don't have efficient efficient breaks or transitions. Um and so that's something that I, I've carried from was coach at DB and I, I really liked um and then from there you We'll get into some kind of uh pass drops. Uh, we'll have about four to six drops. And this is where you can get creative. I think and I also do think this is depending on what kind of coverages y'all uh you run as a defense. You know, if you're running a lot of cover three, uh you can do a lot of 45, open up 45 degree uh crossover run, and then you can break zero where you're planning and you're coming straight downhill. You can break 45, you can break 90 and and But the, the important of this rule is teaching the players how to get in, get in out of their breaks. Okay. It's, it's easy to tell them, Hey, look, you're opening up 45, you're running. You're going to come straight downhill when I break you down, you know, but this is where you want to really emphasize. You got to sink your hips. You know, when we sink our hips, we got to get down, we got to sink our hips. And then we got to point our toe to our target. And then from there, we got to snap our eyes to our, to our target. And so I think it's, I think when it comes to change of direction and, and just, you know, the game of football now is all about space. You know, it's, that's where you've seen a lot. Um, And I think it's important to be efficient in space and, and you really have to train your body to um, get in and out of breaks. And, you know, like I said, you can get creative. There's a lot of different drills you could do. Um, I think one another drill we'll do for that uh, section is, you know, we'll actually place them on top of their their drop already. You know, and and if you're playing some kind of zone zone coverage, and you're telling them, "Hey, we're we're playing zone coverage here. You have zone eyes on the quarterback." At this point, they've already done their forty-five or their backpedal to their. They've already exited to their drop, and right now, at that point, you're just they're just playing off the quarterback platform. So the quarterback's looking this way; they're melting with the quarterback. And then if the quarterback brings you with well, the shoulders go the other way with the quarterback platform, now they're melting back the other way. So now we're teaching them, hey, when the quarterback sets up his feet, that's when we set up our feet and we don't want to drift. Uh, this is where we want to see guys motor down and, and shut down their, their depth of their drop. And now, now we're looking for width. And this is where you can really steal picks and get in the windows when you know when to shut down the depth of the drop and then knowing how to melt with the quarterback for that second half. Um, and then, you know, from from the of direction, we'll, uh, you can get into uh, some sort of finish drill. And I know we talked about F for finish, um, you know, block destruction, tackling or takeaways. I think block destruction is something that you can do every day and tackling as well. Um, and and if that's, you know, day one can be just be – you can be on a goal post or on a sled. You could be in a – you can do four-point sleds. You know, guys are just showing them how to come out of their hips and, and, and showing them where to place their hands, where to place their hat and and then just the how to teach them, give them the toolbox on how to take on blockers, right? And then and then tackling, I think a big part of tackling is the tracking element. You know, the the element from myself as a defender to the ball carrier is a huge part of how the tackle is going to uh, play out and finish. And so I think the tracking element you can do with different, you know, one thing I, I like, we'll, we'll set up a a box, you know, sideline to the bottom of numbers, about 10 yards, make a, make a box. And you can just change leverage for the linebacker and ball carrier. And you're just having them run at each other. And you're really just looking for uh maintain that, that, the leverage you already have, you're, you're already, you're already there. Okay, you just got to maintain it. So, however way that ball carry stems you, you want to maintain the leverage, and then you also want to take you want to take that space out, um, and and be confident when we get to the tackling point. Um, and then last, I, I guess the la- a last progression would be uh, block recognition. You know, that's something that I I think is huge, and I, I know you mentioned about uh, getting into a run fit drill. This is where you'll see some kind of run fit drill, um, and and getting into that. But that that's that's the the drill progression. You know, start with Santa Star again with some footwork, change direction, um, and then get into some block destruction, tackling, uh, finish element and then block recognition.
0: Yeah, a couple of things I want to uh sort of unpack from that is is um first you talked about working at different types of pass drops and it really this this actually happened today. We we repped pass drops today. We're 425 also, you know, inside mm-hmm. linebackers coach. And I realized that. And I didn't even do this last year much because I just kind of waited. I kind of depended on coaching the the past stuff, our, our pass drops in Pascal. And, and I'm just realized like that's it's really hard to do because yeah. Pascal, you're moving quick, right? Or or mm-hmm. coaching up on film. And so I right. just realized, hey, it's the springtime. Like I need to take some time to really break this down because I just kind of take for granted, like, guys, pass drop, like, or you know, you know, you know. Drop, get underneath number two or you know you're dropping off number three or you're short three whatever their their responsibility is and um and i kept getting frustrated with them i have been so far this spring just because they're just doing goofy stuff and i realized that i wasn't really breaking that down so um really just today started working on breaking that down and how they handle those different drops and so um that's been i think is going to be really good for us and i think that's a great point i was just I like the I like the part of starting them out at their drop already because that's another aspect where you're right you can, uh, you can steal possessions or you know, kill plays because you're locked in on where the what the quarterback's doing you're not getting lost in the shuffle. Um, you mentioned and I do want to talk about your run fits drill here in a second. You mentioned block destruction and 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 doing you know the ways that you have uh, different ways that you guys will will handle getting off blocks. What are those specifically like? um you know we, we button press and we also do something called a pop off which is you know kind of for outside run stuff what what things or, or ways are you teaching your guys to uh to handle block destruction
1: yeah um i think i think i think it's important to talk about uh, how to first take on a blocker and, and defeat a block um and so you know as i think the, your sleds will be your your best friend in terms of getting that done but the 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 art of block destruction, I think, is, you know, it, it comes down to your hip, hat, and hands. Um, and, and you know, you want to teach them where to place your hat, you know, put it on the top of the chest. And, you know, we want to come out of our hips. And then also talking about hands, you want to talk about hand placement. You know, we're aiming for the breastplate, thumbs up. And, you know, a, it's easy just to say that, but I think it's also you got to even break it down to as players are approaching the block, they have to know and process where am I trying to win? We can't just run down the old lineman will swallow you up. If you run down the middle of them, you know? And so as you're, as you're talking about block destruction, defeat, you got to know where you need to win. Um, And so every, uh, every snap our players will know what gap they're responsible for, or if they're a lever spill, uh, if they're a turnback or a spill player. And so as, as a, taking on that block you want to know okay hey I'm gonna hit pat hands on this blocker right here but I know I got to keep my outside shoulder free because I'm a lever I'm a lever player and I got to know that nothing is is going outside of me um and so I think that's also important to break down even more is you know what kind of what kind of what responsibility do you what puzzle do you have in in the run fit and um you know I, in terms of the uh, drills we'll do is I, you could. Uh, you could start with just a, a little progression of you can put them in a, you know, a four point stance and, and you can do this on a goal post on the sleds and you really just you give them a hit and they're, you're really just locking out and you're having them just stay in that locked position and you're looking for a straight line um, to make sure their hips are, are coming through. And then from there, you can progress into a sleds um, and you can be about two or three yards away from the sled and, you can change up the leverage. Um, you could be inside shade of the sled and you got, that. You got to win outside and the win on the other shoulder of the, of the, of that sled or, or you can place the linebacker there on that side already. Like they're zoning towards you and you're already in position. You just got to make sure you stay, stay in that position and uh, keeping that sled on your inside shoulder. Um, and I also think it's important to talk about uh, what we do on contact. You know, whenever you, you place your hat on the top of the chest, you come through your hips, come out of your hips, and then you're, you have good hand placement. This, I think it's important to teach the guys, hey, especially with linemen that are 300 pounds, you know, we're we're a lot lighter, you know, And but when we get underneath uh, a blocker and we come out of our hips and so we do those three H's, okay, they're going to be vulnerable, but they're only going to be vulnerable for, for a short period of time. And so I think the finish piece the, the the finishing piece of the block destruction is also important to talk about is, you know, yes, I'm I'm locked down. Everything's perfect. You know, my hands are right spot. I'm coming out of my hips. You know, this is where you'll see O-linemen kind of raise up, you know, they got no power, but this is where you want to make sure you, you shed um, whatever terminology you want to use. You want to shed an arm through. And the biggest thing is you want to stack with the, the leverage side that you, you take on the blocker with, you want to stack that blocker with that same foot. So whenever you gain ground and come to balance, then that blocker can't retrace and kind of, you know, you block you and, and kind of get you out of the lake. And so I think it's important to to do that. And there is that progression. You can go from that four-point deal to the sleds, different leverage, to and where I um, actually with um, – Coach, a we we is we uh, we have a a little bag already, and you're already you're already like I said, talking about the top of the of the route of the uh, pass drop. You're already at the top of your block destruction, so you're already in your leverage side, and now you're just you're uh, you're working on the finish piece, and you're you you want a violent disengage with the arm through, and so you can really break down that uh, block destruction into three different uh, elements there.
0: Yeah. I, I like that a lot. And, and you know, you're know, kind of doing the whole, uh, well, the, the the whole part whole, like we're, we're, we're block destruction. And now we're going to break that down to different elements and then we're going to put right. it all back together and, uh, and, and work it that way. And I think it's a great point about stacking, you know, that blocker, because, um, you know, then it's, it's just, you have to, you have to fit tight. I always say, just step on their Cape, you know, kind of the same thing, mm-hmm. step on that office alignments Cape, right. um, in order to, uh, Yeah, to to keep that offensive line from getting back on you. So let's talk about that drill. Your your, um, I'm sorry, the the name of it. Uh, Let's see, I have it right here. Let's see. Yeah, let let's. Was that your run fits drill that that we just went through? Is that it, or was it was that? No, no. Okay, that was something else. Okay, so let's talk about your run fits drill then. I know you that was something that you guys do, and uh, that sounded interesting. So let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. So uh, I first got introduced to this. uh, so, Coach Power, my defensive coordinator here at Louisiana Tech, and linebackers coach. Yeah, I did this with him back at Commerce uh, when he was our defensive coordinator in 2018, and then now that I'm uh, helping him out, uh, you know, and seeing the other side of it and how how to prepare for it. You know, I, I do think this drill is something you can do every day for linebackers, um, and so you'll need some equipment for it. You need about five trash cans and the. T- Five trash cans are simulating the offensive line, and then depending on what kind of defense you run, uh, you'll have three to four agiles, and they'll be the D line. You'll place them in whatever front you want them to be in, and then uh, the players that aren't in, you can have two linebackers out. If y'all run a four-two-five, you can have two linebackers out, and and the player, the linebackers that aren't in can self service. So you'll need a two guards, a Y off, H back coach. Do y'all see a lot of H back? And yep. Yeah, and so do we. So we'll uh, you have a, a, another player as an H back, and then a quarterback and running back. And um, you can keep the formation the same in terms of you don't have to move people around. That eight, you can set that H back on one side the whole time, and you can you can keep the guard the same, quarterback, running back the same. And then really what you can do is flip the passing strength. So let's say we have a uh, H back is in the backfield. We have a two by two set. Uh, we call that dual down. And then uh, all you can do is just flip the flip the field and say, "Hey, all right, the strength is to the left now. Now we got a three by one set." Um, and so, and then with that, you could do four to five different run concepts. You know, inside zone, ISO, split zone, power counter, whatever you want to do, you can roll through them quickly. And and so, uh, the guys that are playing the guards, you know, if they pull or if they're zoning or you know, they're going to pick up the trash can and move with it. So, you know, if if they pull, we want to pick up the trash can and move the trash can. So, um, and then, you know, the emphasis of the drill is to teach the guys how to be confident in our run fits and to know their responsibility. And like I already mentioned before, but you can roll through a lot in just one period alone. Um, And, and you could change. And after you get through about four or five different runs, you could change, uh, the passing strength, like I said, and then you can also even change the coverage, the defensive call. So now players are being challenged to process quickly. Okay. Hey, right here. I was a, I was an a gap defender. I was a spill player. Okay. Now it's okay. I'm a, I'm the lever player, you know, I, and so they're having to think and, and, and really process quickly. So I really like this drill. It teaches our, our, our players how to play fast and, and how to play through the line of scrimmage and, and just doing our one of 11.
0: Yeah. And that's, and, 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 and kind of like what you talked about, being efficient is, is key and is the name of the game. And especially for us high school guys who, yeah, we have a lot of indie time right now in the spring, but um, that really gets, gets uh, pared down, especially when you get into the season. Um, but yeah, that's a great way to do it. And, and I like, I I do something similar, but I hadn't put the, the agile bags and that's a good, that's a good addition to it to just so they have a picture of the D line or where they right. are and, That's another just you know another detail part that I think helps them visualize things. Um, Well, so now I know you talked about we've kind of already talked about pass drops and and different things, but I know uh, we talked in in our previous conversation leading up to this about man coverage and how you're coaching that. Um, That's something we'll get into as well with our you know with our six man pressures. So how are you guys uh, coaching up you know man coverage with your linebackers?
1: Yeah, uh, you know I think man technique you know I think when, when I when I think of that I, I immediately tell the players hey it's all about eye discipline and control you know and and you can't play man-to-man with bad eyes um and so before I get into the technique um I like to I like to teach the players what in phase and out of phase is. you know and um and so this is where you can kind of get the everybody up in the room stand them next to each other and, and or show them a visual on the board of what in phase looks like and so that's hip to hip I'm in his hip pocket, um, and what, this is where I like to say, hey, you you got in phase, and I've earned the pri- privilege to look back at the ball. And then, you know, out of phase is when you're out of position. You're not not—you're not in that hip pocket. You're not in that near-hip pocket, and you can't make a play on the ball if the ball was thrown. And so the, the coaching point here is to know that, hey, I'm out of phase. I can't, you know, a lot of times you'll see as players come out in and out of their breaks guys are peeking at the quarterback. You know, this, this is where a lot of a lot of times you get beat, up, you know, immediately. And so when you're out of phase, you got to keep your eyes down on that hip and then uh we got to catch up. And we got to get there and, and maybe we get there in time to look back, but if not, we can try to get there and play play through the hands and play through the ball. Um but in terms of playing man to man, I think there's three phases of a route. You know, I think, you know, it starts with the release. And so how we play man though as linebackers, I, I like to teach a catch technique. You know what I mean by that is we're not we're not going to be giving leverage. We're not going to be scooching. We're not going to be back pulling. If anything, we're going to be inching forward or maintaining our five yards uh, depth. And so it starts with the release. You know, and this is where we're going to mirror. We're, we're going to uh, mirror the the release of the running back, or if that running back's lined up in the slot or whoever it may be. Um, and so. Uh, this is where we also want to talk about leverage, though. You know, and it's important to teach leverage and tell them. And a lot of times you got you to gotta show them what inside leverage is. And so we want to be half a man inside. Our outside foot will split the player. And then, like I said, when the ball is stepped, we want to mirror that release. So however way that, that receiver or running back is releasing us, we want to be able to have uh, – be able to slide with that release and mirror it. And then um, we got to have good eyes here good feed and gotta have patience. You know, it's it's easy to give to give ground and and kind of get impatient, but we really gotta train our guys to be patient uh at that point. And then the next phase will be the stem. You know, at this point we're we're hopefully making contact. We're in the catch phase uh and and we're uh aggressive on the stem. You know, we want to work to get into a control position. And when I say control position, I'm telling them, hey, we're working to try to get to that upfield shoulder and uh you know and and, and when from the release to the stem, we still want to maintain that half a man inside leverage, and I think the last phase comes down to to the top of the route is where we got to finish you know at this point, hopefully we're you know the running back is running a, a wheel route, you know that's something that you might see hopefully at this point you're working you're you're in that upfield shoulder, you're squeezing them to the sideline you've you're in phase, you've earned the right to look back, and now we want to finish on the ball um and so I think when in terms of coming down to man to man, I, I think it's important to, to show the guys film work um, and, and cut ups of the type of routes they're getting. Because each player is different, they'll give away routes um, and, and stems, and and so I think it's, that's how I, I believe to teach to man to man, and you know, it starts with our eye eye discipline and
0: control. Well, so now we're gonna we're gonna sort of transition into just talking about the coaching aspect of things and. Uh, a question I love talking about with college guys, especially younger guys like yourself, uh, is the recruiting aspect. You know, this is the time when, if you're a high school coach listening is, you've probably had uh, several college coaches come through your your school uh, this week or today, um, and and this is the the time when when guys are out on the road and, and recruiting and and uh, building those relationships with coaches, and and so I always ask this to young guys like when you when you jump into coaching, especially like you get done playing and now you're a coach and now you're kind of tasked with either directly recruiting like maybe you're one of the guys out on the road or you're on campus, what's that like to kind of now go from being a player to now I'm trying to recruit kids to come to this school
1: yeah you know it's it's a it's a learning experience um but uh you know I think uh it's it's something that you know, at something that you can learn, um, especially as a young coach, I'm learning how to find talent, how to train my my eyes uh, for that talent, how to evaluate myself. But you know, in terms of going from a player now to finding finding players, you know, I I, I hope that uh, you know, it starts with a, a good evaluation. You know, and and that that's that's starts with asking the right questions. You know, if I get in contact with a high school coach or um, coaches of a junior college or whoever might be of that player, you know, you got to be able to ask the right questions, you know, how are they in the classroom? You know, how are they, how do they carry themselves? How's their character? And, and, you know, you learn that quickly, but um, you know, it's still a learning process for sure. I'm learning a lot, um, especially with this staff. Uh, You know, I've learned that we're very detailed in our recruiting and how we recruit in in terms of the process. Um, But no, the, the, the process of going from the, from player to coach and and now finding those guys, it's, it's been fun. It really has been, you know, and I think recruiting comes down to connection and just kind of just, you know, you're going to cross paths with a lot of people, a lot of players, a lot of families, a lot of coaches. And it's crazy how uh, you think about it, it's crazy how, uh, how this game of football can, can bring you and with, with different people and, uh, and so I, I personally enjoy having conversations with players and coaches and, and families. Um, but no, I, I really do enjoy it though right now.
0: So for, you know, a lot of guys listening, high school coaches, not, you know, out on the recruiting trail, but I think one of the things that, that college coaches have to do a really good job of is being able to connect with kids and coaches from a lot of different places, right? Oh, yes. Um, and and I think that's a skill you either develop or you, you you have it or you develop it, or you just you're not gonna be a very good recruiter and, and you're just not gonna be <laughs> in college football very long. But as for me as a high school coach, I still have to be able to relate to kids and the teachers and the other staff and things like mm-hmm. that. So what are your tips for let's just talk about kids because you are yeah. um you know fairly young and in, in the prof- young in the profession. What's your what are your tips that you what are some tips you have? for maybe the crusty guys listen to this <laughs> um for relating to to today's kids
1: yeah um you know i think i think kids just kids just want to be heard kids just want to be loved and uh, i think it just comes down to just taking that time to to ask them about you know how how their weekend was if it's simple as that or how their life is going or you know what they did in their free time you know um you, you'll be, you'll be surprised of how many hidden hobbies and talents you'll, you'll hear from kids. And I, I think it just comes down to just being genuine, you know, and just not going through the motions. I, I, I do believe coaches, um, you know, I, I got in the profession to serve, you know, that's something that I, I believe coaches are, we all serve and, and of all ages. And I think if you truly believe in that and, and, I think how you interact with kids um and, and knowing that you're you're uh you're there for the kids. The kids aren't there for you. You know, you're the, you're there to help them develop. And I, I think once you have that mindset um and and then in, in terms of like kind of kind of connecting with them, I think that'll help out a lot, just knowing, you know, that that aspect of it. And this really just like I said, it just comes down to just being real and being genuine with them
0: how do you walk the line of, if you have a kid, you really want to get on your your campus and, and yeah. how, how do you walk that line of, of um, being available and, and building that relationship with them, but not, not smothering them, you know? Yeah. yeah. But no, just kind of knowing when to hold back, when to, when to push. Cause I've seen it kind of both ways, you know, where, where coaches are kind of just ghost kids and, and then come back later and say, hey, what, what happened? I thought we were, you know, I thought we were good. Or, or then there were their mm-hmm. guys are just like, dude, you're a 40-something year old man, like, and you're all up in this dude's business, like, you know, wanting to know what he had for breakfast this morning. You know, I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of like you see both sides of it. Um, how do you walk that line?
1: Yeah, you know, that's that's a tough one. Um, yeah, but I I think it's really just comes down to knowing who you're talking to. Uh, getting to know the kid and 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 kind of kind of feeling out their personality um and really gauge their type of their personality really is what it comes down to i i i'm i'm big on body language for me you know i i'm a big you know growing up i used to at some points i'd have uh, i'd have horrible body language and my dad would get on to me you know that's something that i think of and but I, I've learned to, to read that and look at that when it comes to kids. You know, I think um, in terms of wanting to know, walking that line, I, I, I think it just comes down to knowing the kid. And then if you're not sure, then maybe ease up, I guess I would say, um, and, and not smother them. Uh, but that, that's, that's a tough one right there. And I think it just comes down to knowing who you're talking to.
0: All right. So true story. So tomorrow night, we got a parent meeting um, and we're doing a section of that parent meeting towards the end of the meeting is on recruiting and us talking to parents about the recruiting process and providing them information. So if I could transport you to our parent meeting, but you got anything going on uh, tomorrow night at 630? Maybe I could just get you over there and you could lead this. You could lead my <laughs> my my portion of the parent meeting. And I would gladly let you take it, Um, but I know you can't. So, but if you were there and you're talking with these kids and they're, they're from Mm -hmm. incoming. So they're eighth grade, current eighth graders through current 11th graders. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know this is a, this could be a really long answer, but you can, you know, you can kind of limit it to a few things if you want. What advice would you give them when it comes to the recruiting process?
1: In terms of uh like after high school, the recruiting process, yes,
0: yeah, or just yeah, just when they're in high school and if they're they're interested in playing football, yep. like yep. you know what 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 advice would you give them
1: you know i I think first and foremost, uh I think you need to sit them down and ask them what their goal is, um and a lot of them will will uh say they want to play college football, um and then from there, I think you can transition into uh teaching them you know there there's and I was, I'll raise my hand right now. I was, I was, uh, uh, I was at fault as well. I was coming to high school. Everybody wants to go D1. You know, there's that stigma. Everybody wants to go D1. But I think in terms of, uh, you know, teaching by the recruiting process, you know, there are, there are hundreds and hundreds of schools out there of all levels that, that uh, are, you know, amazing, you know, and, and, and that created a good experience, a great experience. And, you know, I, I'm a division two guy myself and I, I had the best time of my life at aiming commerce. And, uh, and so I think in terms of recruiting process, I think it's important to, to I think it's important to teach them about um, different levels of football and there's good football on all levels, you know, from bottom all the way up to FBS and then also, you know, be realistic. And um, as, as, your players progress into their junior, senior year, they'll know, they'll kind of have an idea of who's talking to them, you know, at this point, what level of talent's talking to them. And I would also say reciprocate that energy. You know, you, everyone wants to go to the biggest school and be division one, but, you know, do they want you back? You know, you want to be somewhere where you're wanted. And I think knowing that, um, you know, it takes some maturity and to know that, but, uh, I, I was at fault myself in high school, but, you know, being a Division II guy, and and once I realized that I'm playing some great, great players and playing with some great players at A&M Commerce, um, and, and once I realized that, it, you know, it, it really changed my mindset. You know, there's, there's good football on all levels, so, I, and, uh, you know, I think that's important to talk about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this and I don't mean to kick this can of worms open because then we could be talking for another couple hours on this. But, you know, one thing I've seen in the last couple of years, well, really in the last year, but uh, it started to kind of happen the last couple of years is. I don't know if it's I guess it's with the transfer portal and everything that the trickle down effect has made it to where, man, like some of these kids who are going to Division 2 now would have been FCS kids a couple of years ago, you know. Maybe you know five or six years ago, yeah. um, guys that Division II schools are sort of turning away are are guys that would have been sure fired Division II guys. I think a few years ago, and that's yeah. not everywhere, but I've seen that a few. I've see, i started to see that some, and um, all that to say, yeah, you you get a, a Division II scholarship, man. I mean, there's there's some. I went back to my alma mater um, this this earlier this spring. Uh, actually, were Coach Fosky's brother is a, a GA uh, at Harding. Hardin, okay, yeah, um, and you know, not that I was good when I was there, but um, I would, I would, I went to the D line group and watched them work. I would be the shortest defensive end on the roster right now, and I'm six two, um, and I was yeah. looking up at all these dudes like, "Good night, this is Division two football," you know, and these guys right. are uh, these guys are huge. So you're right, and I think that's a that's a big thing that kids get caught up in is the level, mm-hmm. the logo, yes, and I yes. think um, that's always something is man. Go somewhere where they want you, you know, not where you're a, you're the, well, if this guy falls through, then we'll, we'll take you. And um, so I think that's great advice. Um, I will, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cite you on that. And also I'll include your email on the end of my presentation tomorrow night. So if any parents have issues, they can just, they can contact you and uh, I'll let you handle all the uh, disgruntled parents who thinks (laughs) their, their eighth grader is D one. We're going to uh, get you out of here, but first we're going to close out our, our our conversation with some rapid fire questions. So you cool with that? Yeah, yes, sir. All yes, right. Sure. Well, let's, let's uh, start the, we're going to kind of get, give you a, a softball here at first. You're, you're a Texas guy. <laughs> I always like to ask food questions. Um, so coming from Texas, what do you prefer Tex-Mex or barbecue? If You had to choose one. Barbecue easily. Easily. Okay. So what are some barbecue spots you like? Maybe back home, or maybe you come across some on the road. Yeah, recruiting.
1: A con lodge, Dallas.
0: Okay, I've heard of that. Um, Never been there.
1: It's yeah, try.
0: What's like? What's their specialty? Like, is it ribs or brisket or everything? Uh, every,
1: everything, everything. Yeah. Um, I know, I know when I went last time, I went with my girlfriend, and she got a, a sweet potato a sweet potato bowl. It really was a massive sweet potato. And they, they, they stuffed it with some brisket and, and all the toppings, bacon, jalapenos. And, you know, you definitely, you definitely leave there in a food coma before you even hit the door. So that's some good food right there now.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. I have to check that out. That's a, that's a, a great recommendation there. Okay. Um, next question. Uh, I like asking this question uh, f- for guys who've been GAs before, um, You know, GAs you know, typically have to kind of get stuck with the unusual jobs or the unwanted jobs. What's the, I don't want to say worst because I don't want you to sound like, you know, if, if that you're ungrateful for the opportunity you've had or anything like that, <laughs> but most unusual job you've ever had to do as a, as a GA?
1: Ooh. I got to think about this one. Oh. You know, I, I haven't had anything super unusual. You know, just like coffee runs and... Uh, equipment, a lot of equipment. Um, I don't, I don't know if anything comes to to my mind. It's that like, I just think it's super unusual, you know?
0: I, yeah, I got you. Yeah. I, and was not a GA, but my my first year starting out is where I actually volunteered coach. And it was, that's, that's a whole other story in and of itself. But um, we actually, and, 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 Older guys listening to this will roll their eyes but uh painting the field was something I would go and do every Thursday morning um, and you put, you put on some old clothes and you get out the stems and, yep. and it's just uh it's just a it's a it's not a it's not unusual it's just a crappy job it's not fun yeah it yep. sucks and um, and then the next week you got to do it all over again so that was um that was one of those jobs I did, did not enjoy at all yeah um as a first, you know, first or second year coach or or whatever. Okay. So um speaking of being a GA and and just, you know, working all types of crazy hours, you gotta find a way to stay awake and, and get some work done. So what's your caffeine drink of choice?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, I just like I just like coffee. Just plain, plain uh black coffee. Um and that's my that's my preference right there. Um and if if I'm picking an energy drink though. Uh, I've been drinking a lot of Celsius. Yeah. You know, that's something that that, I, that I'm big in. If, if I don't drink coffee, I'm. Uh, yeah. But I, I really, I really try to limit it now. Because uh, you know, you you can get you can go down that trail. You, you, oh, two, yeah. three, four cups of coffee. To, you know, try to give your body a little break. So yeah, but you know, coffee than Celsius for sure.
0: Do you have a coffee brand that you tend to gravitate towards?
1: No, but I will say I I recently had Texas Pecan yeah. Um, and I I really did enjoy that, and so I, I I've heard you you can only get that at like, uh Sam's Club or something or well, H E B, H E B, yep, yeah, and,
0: yeah. And,
1: and I I need to find me an H E B. So what I need to do. Here,
0: here's what I do because um my my H E B coffee plug dried up, so because because <laughs> my parents used to live in a town with H E B, so I always have them anytime they pass through. Hey, grab some coffee, and. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and so now they don't live there anymore, and so I actually had to go and order some off Amazon, which you can do, and it's the same price. Yeah. So that's not a bad way to go. But yeah, I I, I definitely love some black coffee, but I'm also yeah. supplementing that with some other things as well throughout the day. But try, you know, I don't know, it's it I it's I know it's not good for me, but um, anyway. Speaking of uh, okay, so you talked uh, of things being good, not good for you. Uh, you talked about how you start wanted to start out as a as a dentist. So mm-hmm. does that mean that you have a pretty solid dental routine? Like what, what's the, and, and I guess here's actually this, do you have any dental advice for us? Like, what are we, what are we screwing up when it comes to our teeth? Come on.
1: You know, so I, I'm not saying this, I know this because of myself, I, my mom uh, was a dental hygienist for a long time and now she, she's more on the administration side of things, but you got to floss, you know, and, and some of that I, I would right now, I don't, I don't floss. Oh, uh, and, <laughs> but if, if I can hear in my head right now, tell me, yeah. you, Hey, you
0: got to floss. I floss a week before my dentist appointment. So my gums aren't <laughs> bleeding everywhere. And they're like, Hey, have you been flossing? I'm like, yeah, I've been flossing since last week. So I would you know, but yeah, yeah that's, I, it's just, cause that's, a, yeah, I, I just, am tired. Ty- I don't want to do it. I just, but I know, I know like every time I go they're like, you need to, i like, I know. My wife flosses; her teeth are are awesome, way better than mine. And but you I just I'm hard headed, I guess, when it comes to that. Have
1: you have you seen those uh, floss picks though? Where it's yeah, like- I do
0: have those. Yeah, and I yeah. and I'll use those. Yeah, yeah. I'll use. That those. makes it easier. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I, and actually, I, I ran out not long ago, and I just haven't bothered to get any more. But yeah, they cost like a dollar for a thousand of them. So it
1: Add, to your Amazon with the coffee on the, there. You on go. The,
0: put there down the same go. cart. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And then, you yeah. know, when you talk with 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 kids, sometimes you come across, uh, and this actually happened uh, a couple of days ago. I was talking with a kid and kind of discovered something about him I didn't know, and I've been coaching him for a while. But unusual talents, or not unusual, just just hidden talents or hobbies. Do you have any hidden talents or hobbies that you uh, you would care to share with us?
1: You know, I I I wouldn't say I'm I'm good at it anymore, but I actually from Madden I, I was a big time Madden player and yeah. I was like top one percent in the world uh Ooh. for like five or six years in a row um and so with, with coaching now since I've graduated and gotten the coach and I don't have much time yeah uh to be picking up the sticks but I'd say I'd say that'd be a hidden town and if I picked it up now it wouldn't be too bad but
0: I, I, I gotta know, think you you, you 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 it's gotta be tempting to roll to the players lounge and like grab a, grab a, a controller, but I do sit down. Let me, let, let me show yeah. you a little bit. Uh, um, yeah. well, so who was your team? Who was your team that who would you? Who would Cowboys. You? Yeah. Cowboys okay. all the way. Okay. So see, I was kind of the same deal. I mean, I wasn't really that, I mean, well, I, I was just an average Madden player, but, um, I guess my peak Madden, um, experience was when, uh, Michael Vick was with the Falcons and so that's, oh, yeah. that's who you would pick, you know, everybody, everybody would be Michael Vick and you could just mm-hmm. run around. Um, so then now I'm assuming you're a Cowboys fan. Uh, yes, so, so you're, you are, uh, we've kicked Steven Jones out of the, uh, out of the, out, out of running things. And so you're, you're running things for the Cowboys. What do we, what do we do to fix the Cowboys? What And what's your outlook for the upcoming season? Uh,
1: you know, I, there's a lot of changes that need to be, I mean, there's a lot of holes. I think there's a lot of off-season transactions right now that, you know, you lose Cooper, um, you're losing. But you're at the same time, you also lose Randy Gregory, who's one of the most penalized players yeah. in the league. Um, and so I think there's two sides to it. But, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure for myself. I don't know what I would do. You know, that's that's above my pay grade right there my, and, yeah. and stress levels right there. Um, yeah. I'm actually I'm actually interested to see what they do, what, what the Cowboys do in the draft.
0: Um, yeah. And,
1: See
0: yeah. what happens there. Yeah, I I was asking one of my players today, he's a huge Cowboys fan. I was like, hey, what are they What are they going to do? And he's like, I don't know. They have so many needs. And I said, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, and, yeah and to me, the, I think the frustrating thing as a Cowboys fan is it's just always something, you know?
1: Yes.
0: And yep. it just seems like they're always undisciplined and it, it just comes down to just boneheaded stuff. And they just can never get it together you know, mm-hmm. even on the years when they, when they, when they have, you know, a pretty solid, uh, regular season. So, uh, yeah. but, but every year they'll suck me back in and then at some point I'll, I'll storm away and storm out of the living room and swear them off until the next, the next year. And that's, that, that tends to be how it goes. So, well, roller coaster. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Well, coach, man, I really enjoyed talking with you and want to just thank you so much for joining us tonight. And, uh, I want to wish you and the uh, the Bulldogs the best of luck the rest of the spring and in this next season.
1: Yes, sir, Coach. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. And, you know, I'm, I was excited to be on here. And, you know, there's anything I could ever do. Just, you know, don't be a stranger. And, and uh, I really do appreciate it.
0: Thanks again to Coach Hani for joining us on the podcast today. I thought he had some great stuff to share with us. And, in fact, since we recorded that conversation, I've already worked in a couple of drills that he referenced into my individual time and really, really liked them. So I know for me, today's conversation with Coach was very beneficial. You can follow Coach on Twitter at Coach Bebahani. That's at Coach B-E-H-B-A-H-A-N-I. And let him know you heard him here on KYPD. You can also follow us at KYPD Podcast. And we are always looking for great guests to bring on the show. So if you have a coach you think we should have on and you can put us in contact with them, then by all means, hit us up on Twitter, send us a DM, or you can email us uh, at kypdpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. Another way you can support our show is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. That goes a long way in helping spread the word about our podcast here, so do that for us, please. Thank you. Our quote of the day goes like this. If you think you're leading, but no one is following you, then you're only taking a walk. And that will do it for us on this episode of KYPD. Join us back here next week when we cross another state off of our list and head up all the way to the great Northeast to talk some D-line play. Until then, hey, go pour into others this week and be the coach that you needed when you were a kid. And finally, Coach Babani has one more thing he wants to leave with you guys today. What you got, Coach? Let's keep your pads down.